I think most of the time the art is a form of meditation, meditations on a subject. Sometimes it's a love or a love lost or a potential love or oh yeah you know a repeated making sense of love right yeah making sense of making sense of the world around you creative engagement hello i'm your host daniel mandel and i invite you to join us at the intersection of artistry and engagement i'll be shining a light on the importance of authentic self-expression and participation in life. My purpose is to stimulate curiosity that will lead to play so that we can all live our most meaningful adventure. In my work as a coach, I create transformation through inquiry and creativity to allow LGBTQ individuals to address the challenges of living life as open-minded and wholehearted, independent thinkers. This episode, my guest is Jamie Zubairi, who goes by Zubi. Zubi is a performer, painter, photographer, and poet that I met at an amazing artist retreat in Cornwall in the UK many years ago. The Discipline of Freedom is an artist workshop. The workshop is limited to nine participants and includes artists from all disciplines who are open and willing to develop and improve themselves. The workshop is led by Paul Ortel and his wife, Nancy Spanier. Paul and Nancy are world-class teachers with long, rich histories in the performing arts, dance, choreography, theater, acting, voice, film, and peacemaking. The Discipline of Freedom is more than just an artist workshop. It's also a gathering of souls, searching for deeper knowing. Usually, this is offered in or adjacent to a destination of amazing beauty and historical significance. There is a profound opportunity for transformation and a high likelihood of facing yourself and your fears. The experience is an invitation into a radical exploration of your own creativity and depth. Through this work, I met Kath Berlinson, who is a teacher and an artist, director and performer and founder of the Authentic Artist Community in the UK. It's so heartwarming to connect with Zuby, who is a friend and and has shared these workshops and even attended an online Billy gathering from the UK as he led a workshop for Billy's in Life Drawing. Later on, Zuby shares a poem with us. I am, I know I always say I'm excited, and I always am excited, but I'm very excited to announce and introduce Jamie Zubairi, who goes by Zuby. And Zuby is a performer, a painter, a photographer, and a poet. So welcome, Zuby. 
Thank you, Daniel. It's, I'm really excited to be to be asked and yeah, to be on to be on your podcast. I have to say, I think that performer, painter, photographer, and poet feels like the short list for <laughs> the, the output that I've witnessed from you. So I want to just ask you to share with everybody. Tell us the story of Zuby and what creativity and artistry and expression has done. What's 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 that story? It started. I know that some of your uh, podcasts have mentioned um, the workshops that how I met you. Yeah, um, yeah. Discipline of Freedom workshops that that we that we did in Cornwall. And it kind of started there. I guess as a child, I always painted, I always drew, I always told stories. So those two things were always, you know, one and the other. You know, they were they were they were part of the same thing. I had I had little Playmobil uh, figures, which I would, you know, I'd have I'd have a family, and there would be a story with them. And you know, as a as a kid, and even you know, I I I remember my first piece of artwork that I did at kindergarten and I was really proud of it the teacher I remember I can't remember her name but I remember what she looked like she wore glasses um she had this short kind of wavy hair and a beige blouse with a beige dress um skirt pencil skirt and she said yeah not bad which I was I was like she knows nothing <laughs> not bad. Who is this woman? <laughs> who is, yeah, who, who is this? I mean, I can't even remember what the art, what the painting was. It was probably a house or something banal. But I, I kind of, I kind of knew that it was something I enjoyed. I, it was something I really, really thought I did well on. There was certainly something that the creativity, the the kind of output, I was really passionate about, and I was, I really defended it, and it really hurt me that that she didn't like it creativity to me is i think i kept, i got to an age where i stopped saying no to myself like oh i can't do that it's probably when i when i got to england i, I grew up in malaysia in kuala lumpur in malaysia they didn't have much faculty for the arts there was i went to a school which you know there was no drama there was no creative writing there was no nothing even the visual arts it was based mainly on design so you ha it had to be something with a practical application you know like, like sign working or architecture or something like that they they didn't really encourage fine art certainly not at secondary school not not where when i was there it's interesting to hear that about how things were in malaysia well i, I guess this was the 1970s they did in the 60s apparently because Everything was encouraged back then, and they had international competitions for young artists and things like that. My parents were like, mm, "Let's, let's, let's take them to Britain to have an English education." We don't always get the encouragement that we might get from like public institutions no. or the the no. places where we we really could get encouragement. No, certainly not. I mean, I was I was lucky in that I had parents who did encourage me there was always drawing around the house so drawing was always a kind of present for me and despite all of that I sort of knew I was going to England and become an actor I came to England how old were you I was 16 when I arrived what was that like I guess I was ready for some sort of culture shock 
I went to a high school, I guess you'd call it an equivalent, that didn't do performing arts, but it did do visual arts, and it was very good for visual arts. I chose the art track and did acting as in youth theater. Because of those two things that, that I kept up the, the painting, I was at university at the time doing a foundation in, in art, in fine art, as well as doing theater in, in you know, the kind of upper end of youth theater, um, that I thought, well, I, I can do these two things. And I was learning to play the guitar at the time. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to learn how to write songs. And I still am wanting to learn how to write songs. I never, I never said, oh, I can't do these things. I never said no to myself. And that, uh, that I was always like, well, I'll just do it anyway. Even if people said, oh, you can't, you can't write poetry and you can't do one, you know, you've got to concentrate on one. And everybody says you have to concentrate on one, on one aspect. And I'm like, really? Really? You know, yes, it, it takes a lot, a lot longer to specialize. I really want to have you share with folks. It's so interesting, like what allowed you to move into that? Was it some kind of permission you gave yourself? And, and because a lot of people don't get past that, you know, they get, mm -hmm. they get shut down by a teacher and then they're shut down. They, they get <laughs> circumstances that kind of just squish their soul yes, yes. and squeeze them and and they don't they don't do what you did so how, how did you like there must have been some like wrestling with that there I mean I, I certainly remember that my a-level English literature teacher asking the whole class, you know, what we wanted to do, you know, when we went to university. And I said, oh, I want to be an actor. And she said, Jamie, you have to have a better voice than that. Oh, I think of the teachers that really helped me become more of a critical thinker. It really stimulated my curiosity. And those were some of the best teachers. Even she was they great. upset me. You know? <laughs> and and it, it's, I think, you know, the, the greatest teachers upset you for, for a reason, even if it's Miss Beige going, yeah, that's not bad. Miss McDermott going, you have to have a better voice than that because people need to hear you. And I'm like, you know, because of my radio work, people know, people know the voice. It's like, okay, wow. Okay, cool. God. You, you have a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. I, I think going back to your, your question, your, your statement about some people get shut down, I think that's, that's, that's the story for a lot of people and sometimes a lot of creatives. You know, they get shut down early. And I think sometimes, somehow, I was passionate about it and I fought back or I, I said, oh, I'm going to show you. Certainly to how I wanted my art to be and wanted my wanted my expression to be in it. I guess it was always about my expression, wanting to get it out there. And like, I got to say, your, your output is voluminous. When I look <laughs> at your, your webpage and your CV and all the stuff you've done, um, when you were, you know, as you were becoming a, a young adult and, and starting to make your own way in the world, what kinds of things were important to you to express? I think most of the time, the art is a form of meditation, meditations on a subject. Sometimes it's a love or a love lost or a potential love or oh yeah, 
you know, a repeated making sense of love, right? Yeah, making sense of making sense of the world around you. And do you do you notice themes in what you tend to express? Or has anybody ever reflected yeah. back to you? Zuby, it seems like everything that you create points to Yeah. Well, oh God. I've no I've noticed that my own writing sometimes a lot a lot of the time refers to tribe or community or belonging. Mm. Sometimes it refers to loss. So there's something about either belonging or loss that interests me or that kind of piques my scratches my creative itch, if you know what I mean. And how how much of that is influenced by being mixed race and kind of the othering that you've experienced through that. That's pro- probably something that I don't know. There's there's something about mixed being mixed race is that it all it always feels too. What's the word? It always feels very, which tells me I need to explore it. It it always feels too too much of a. There's a pride in it, like I'm too like I'm proud of it. Whereas actually, it's it's a very difficult thing. Current. It's not just one thing, right? It's yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a it, it's your mixed race. It's a mixture of uh, <laughs> good and bad, and challenging and hopeful and beautiful. And also, it's also having one foot in one camp and being felt made suspicious of in that same camp, and having you know having another foot in the other camp, and they're kind of going, oh, "You've got foot in the other camp." I see. What are you doing? You know, so it's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of wanting to belong, but knowing you can't. Right. And also belonging to something, belonging to something else while actually hard. It's it's kind of like you know a yin yang yeah. symbol, yeah. where where even if you're more one thing, there's always be a part of you that's something else. Yeah, you know what? What I've with this, the way this resonates with me is, you know, like there's so much discussion about, you know, real men should do this, or mm-hmm, real mm-hmm. men don't eat quiche or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, the way that this finally landed in me is that my, the way I am as a man in the world is best defined by me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way I am, and the what makes me most comfortable about saying I'm a man in the world is to say I'm I'm a man the way Daniel Mandel is a man in the world. That's my way, and that is the way that works for me. And then I don't have to worry about what your thoughts about being a man are or the general public. Mm-hmm. I can just be the man that I am. That's beautiful. It gives everybody a way in to just be their best selves. It, it also gives permission. It allows for mistakes to happen yeah. and for, for learning to happen. Yeah. You know, because everybody's on, on that, on a different journey, but also different stages of a journey. Um, we, we can't always be the best of the best of us. Um, sometimes we're a bit crap, you know? <laughs> right, right. And do you notice that challenges, 
impact certain art forms in different ways than other art forms? For me, I, you know, I'm, I am just a human being walking in the world um, or walking in two worlds, but th there's a kind of, not to say anonymity, but a kind of genderless, raceless, ageless, accentless almost uh, thing in the writing that I like doing. You're in the Venn diagram between <laughs> between all these things where you can maybe maybe that's a, a, a freeing thing. I think so. Maybe, maybe I, I think that maybe kind of I, I think it might be a, a, a product of being gay in the in the 70s and 80s early, you know, being as a gay kind of kind of aware that I was gay quite young um, or at least different to the other boys um, quite young and having to squirrel away any feelings right or any expression um of that oh yeah and you and i in our lifetimes have seen these cultural shifts where oh completely completely yeah. are so different now yeah i can't yeah. imagine what it would be to grow up gay today i just no. can't imagine it i mean in uh, in some ways it's it's a lot more, it's totally acceptable, but when homophobia rears its ugly head in it often, and it sometimes does, it's a complete, I can imagine it can be completely shocking right. to a young person when, when they get confronted with, with, you know, a bully or whatever that doesn't like the way they walk or whatever. There mm. still is bullying and mm. violence and mm -hmm. horribleness, even yes. as there's more what I think of as radical acceptance. So yes. It's a very yeah. strange world. Yeah. There's kind of learning that they can take from our generation, even though we, you know, it's like we're always expecting the bully to turn up. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if that, if that was true of your experience, but it's, um, it's certainly, it's certainly one of my early experiences. And we, I, you know, I lived in the, in the sort of shadow of AIDS when, the oh, yeah. UK at the time had massive, almost anti-AIDS adverts, fear-mongering, yeah. which was just you, just, you just thought, right, that's it. I'm going to be asexual. I'm not going to want to deal with, you know, my own sexuality. So that expression was, was put under wraps. That wow. hits cl very close to home because I think the reason why I didn't get bullied growing up is I became a master suppressor. Right. Right. Let me just ask you, what's what feels like that really important message to, you know, that kid who just mm -hmm. had that beige teacher mm -hmm. <laughs> tell them that their painting was, their drawing was, eh, okay, but nothing to write home about, yeah. <laughs> but who really wants to explore creativity. Yeah. What would you say? I'd say keep doing it. Keep doing it brighter. Turn up that volume. Um, you know, she's their one voice, their one opinion. What matters is listening to your own heart. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't let one voice squish you. Certainly not. <laughs>
I think I might have to invite you back again and again for a series of fascinating <laughs> conversations. But let That'll me just up. say thank you very much, Zuby. This has been really delightful. And I'm, I'm so happy that we were able to include you and your voice and your experience in this. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. This poem is called Opening, Healing Deeper. Opening, Healing Deeper. With you here, I can't write. You burn so deep, like cauterizing ancient injuries, healing, opening, healing deeper, opening, healing deeper. A torchlight on the hidden, carving into stone what I dare not think. And today we had another walk, another clearing, another time among the trees, the place where you are braving, standing up to yourself, with yourself. In the bravery of stepping out or stepping up is sometimes not about saving a life, but saving your own, with yourself. What wavering trees, deep-rooted, only bending at leaf edge, blooming bright on a clear day, when you're here, I can't write anything but my deepest truth. Thank you. That was exquisite. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this Creative Engagement Podcast. Lifting people up through the celebration of creativity allows us to hold such open and heartfelt conversations. I would appreciate a review. You can rate this podcast and write a review in the Apple Podcasts by going to the show page. When you're on the show page, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll be able to tap to rate this podcast, and below there is a link to write a review. You can also share each episode as a link to send in email or in chat. Be sure to tell your friends. I always put the links and relevant information in each podcast's episode notes. Thank you. I'm Daniel Mandel. Creative Engagement. <laughs>